Welcome back to another edition of the Bad Podcast, and this time the B stands for basketball. We usually talk Ohio State football, we're talking basketball. This time, Doug LaMaurice here with Bill Landis and Ari Wasserman of Cleveland.com. We are your Ohio State coverage team. You can find us at Cleveland.com slash OSU. We cover football, we cover basketball, I've been covering some women's basketball. Um, we cover anything of interest at Ohio State, which is... Including cover feature films. Jesse Owens. I did a lot of Jesse Owens stuff. There's more Jesse Owens stuff coming with my good personal friend, Stefan James. Ari, how tight are Stefan James and I? I've never seen a friendship form so fast in my life. That seven-minute interview, I think, changed his life when I talked to uh, the actor who plays Jesse James. Jesse James. <laughs> Jesse Owens. That would be a different movie, wouldn't it? <laughs> Jesse Owens in the movie Race, which opens Friday in your local theaters. Um, but today we're going to talk Thad Mod and Ohio State basketball, and I think this is the... Number one most perplexing question in my now, what is it, 11, 11 years covering Ohio State, this, in, Ohio, in football or basketball, is the most perplexing question that, I've, that I get, and I, I get it a lot. Um, Ari, I'm sure you got versions of it when you covered basketball last year, and you've covered basketball a lot at Ohio State. Bill's covering basketball this year. I know, Bill, that you get versions of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about here today with this Ohio State basketball team. And the question is, should Ohio State get a new basketball coach? And, Bill, when you hear that question about Ohio State coach Thad Mata, who's now in his 12th year, your initial reaction is what? Uh, That's a crazy question. Ari, your initial reaction is what? It's a crazy question. And my initial reaction is... That probably with a swear word thrown in because it's just like <laughs> insanity. It's just insanity of like, well, get Mike Krzyzewski. Um <laughs> So as already made the point though, as we were talking about this, because you can run down the litany of Thad Mata's accomplishments: two Final Fours, five regular season Big Ten titles, all the first round draft picks. Um, but the question is not really about his record, and it's not about the past. It's about the future. Um, and so we want to try to get in the heads of the people who say this. We think it maybe is a vocal minority. That often is the case with sports fans. You hear from the people who sort of have questions or want to complain more than you hear from the people who think everything's great. And there's one guy, not to interrupt you, particularly that has Fire Thad Mata as his Cleveland.com account name. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he comments about how Ohio State should fire Thad Mata on football stories. Yes. So... Um, <laughs> Ari, you were bringing up some good points about this, so we'll get to Thad's resume in a little bit, but I think we do want to start off with, if you were going to make the case that Ohio State should, let's just say, investigate the idea of making a change when it comes to the basketball coaching position, what would be potentially the reasons that you could use to justify that position? I think that you could justify it in the world of sports that the idea of long-tenured head coaches in general is not a very good thing anymore. And I think that you've noticed in sports in general at all levels, um, once you get to the college level and up beyond, that sometimes a shake-up, a change, even when things aren't particularly bad, can spark new life and new direction into a program. So... The idea of maybe hiring a young gun or a high up and riser or somebody who's a little bit different than Thad might be an exciting thing for Ohio State fans that have, you know, for the last almost 15 years, I mean, it's been 12 years, um, have become accustomed to watching the way Thad approaches things. And and you're looking now at a few-year lull where 
They might not make the tournament this year. I mean, even though they, they might kind of wake up here and push for something. Um, you know, the recruiting hasn't been quite as exciting, particularly because there's no Jared Sullinger or Greg Oden or Mike Conley, kind of the way that he... Although, in terms of recruiting, the guy they recruited two years ago was the second pick in the NBA draft yes. last year. So, they did recruit that guy. Yeah, but he yeah. was pretty good. D'Angelo Russell, who would be a sophomore this year, but was and that was the plan, but he was so good that he left to be the number two pick in the draft. Anyway, go ahead. I think the perception... I, I'm explaining... I agree, but I'm explaining the way the fan would think. And I don't, D'Angelo Russell was a highly rated player, but it wasn't like signing Odin. And I think that at the beginning of the time, since he took this job, every few years he got a Odin-type, crazy, exciting signee, like Jared Sullinger, and these were all program-changing players. Um, not that D'Angelo Russell wasn't, but we're in a situation right now where things in some fans' eyes seem to be trending downward and not upward, which is the perfect time in their heads to make a switch and try something new and take a chance with a young hot shot the way that Thad was 12 years ago. So I'll make a quick point, and then I'll ask you, Bill. Um, I do think one thing that would possibly contribute to that line of thinking is Ohio State, for most of, not most, but a big chunk of Thad Mata's tenure here, had a very, very good football coach and a very accomplished football coach that everybody really, really liked named Jim Trestle. And Jim Trestle left, and they got Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer's 50-4. and four. So if you think to yourself, now obviously those are different circumstances, but if you think to yourself, yeah, Jim Trestle was good, right? Jim Trestle was good. Jim Trestle won a lot of games. Urban Meyer is, for lack of a better word, better. So I think as an Ohio State fan, you could look at that and say, I never would have thought that I wanted to get rid of Trestle. But then when that stuff happened and they did get rid of Trestle, look what happened. We got the 50-4 and four guy who won a national title in his third season. Why couldn't that happen with basketball? I think it could feed that idea of, sure, this is good. Why can't we have great? But I do think the main idea is they went to the national title game in Thad's third year with two unbelievable recruits in Greg Oden and Mike Conley. And it has never gotten back to that level since then. That was his third year. He set a very high bar. So I think the, the, the basic framing of the question is, is the program trending downward? Bill, you've been covering basketball for us this season. Do you think the program is trending downward? No. No, I don't think. I mean, it's. I understand frustrations, I guess, when they're in a season like this one, where it's, uh, it's transitional, which people aren't used to with the way that, that uh, Thad Mata has built this program. And in that transitional year, there have been some really, 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 really ugly games. I mean, losing by 25 points at Indiana, losing by 35 points at Maryland. I mean, there's no other way to explain that other than, like, they were just not nowhere near good enough in those days. But even with those kind of games, I don't think you can look at it and say they're trending downward. I think if you honestly watch this team from start to finish, they've gotten better over the course of the season. And I think when you have a team like this, that's what you look for. You look for whether or not a guy like Thad Mata still has it where he can make uh, a young team better and, and have that sort of uh, uh, progression throughout the season. So I think as long as that's present, you can't say the program is trending downward. If you want to look at future recruiting classes, 
I don't know. No people are upset because the 2016 class is like ranked eighth in the Big Ten, but it's a two-man class, so you're automatically going to be ranked lower than like Michigan State, who's bringing in six guys and two of them McDonald's All-Americans. So it's all these different sort of circumstantial things that I think when you break it down, you can poke holes in the arguments against that motto. But I don't think the program really in any way is trending downward. I, I, don't, I don't think there's been a long enough um, lull period, if you want to call it that, over the last three years that you can say the program's trending downward. When I was, Bill is our main basketball guy now, but when I was on the beat two years ago, I wrote a story at Indiana when Ohio State beat Indiana. I don't remember where the season was, but kind of just analyzing the what a bad year looks like. Because Indiana, for the story to the basketball program as that has been, has had some really bad missing the NCAA tournament years. And I think right now you can consider that this might be the worst season outside of the one – what year was it when they made NIT year? They made the NIT in 2008-2009. Uh, they were 10-8 the and eight in the Big Ten. Just missed the tournament. I think a lot of people thought they should have made the tournament, yeah. but they didn't. And then they went to the NIT and won the NIT. So that was their worst year coming into this year is 10-8. and eight. And Ohio they, State. they had Thad's first year. They were banned from the postseason yeah. because of the Jim O'Brien stuff, but that was his first year. They went 20-12, and 12, but they also beat – they ended Illinois' undefeated season in the last yeah. game of the regular season. But I almost like don't even really count, count that. His that, first yeah. year, there was NCAA stuff. But since he got rolling, yes, that was the only yeah. other year since – they didn't make it the first year because they couldn't. Since then, they've only missed the tournament once that year. So they've maybe kind of avoided it, and this could yeah. be the second, but maybe it's not. There's still basketball to be played. They beat Michigan um, at home, which was their best one of the year, um, at least Big Ten season. They've beaten they beat North Carolina. I mean, excuse me, Kentucky. Kentucky. And, you know, they. it's not like they're awfully and dead to watch. So that's the only thing that it's just a reminder that teams like Indiana miss the tournament. You know, yeah, and I did a I did a gr- looking at very good programs that are what I call step back seasons, where you sort of reset, mm-hmm. don't make the tournament, maybe even have a losing record, but it leads to something. I did uh, a listing of those for programs about a week ago, and you know people forget Kentucky missed the NCAA tournament three years ago. Kentucky, you know, Villanova has had years like that. Michigan's had years like that. Like almost everybody in the country has had years like that, short of Duke and Kansas. Indiana was six and twenty-five in two thousand eight. So it happens. So, like, what I mean, standards are saying? It happens. It happens because it's impossible to go twelve and six every year in the Big Ten. It's just not a rational expectation. And the ironic thing, and I don't want to get into the defending portion. Are we at that point yet? No, not yet. So I'll shut up for now. But it just. Well, I think an odd thing, and I think in a place like Ohio State. You do compare football and basketball a lot. You know, I mean, it's natural. You don't really necessarily compare basketball to other basketball programs. You compare it to the program that Ohio State fans know best, which is the Ohio State football program. But one thing is, Ohio State basketball is not Ohio State football. That's just a fact. And the other thing is, the Big Ten is better at basketball than it's been at football. The, the football program at Ohio State has benefited for a decade of the Big Ten being down. Now it's getting better, and we're seeing that. It's getting better. But that's what Big Ten basketball is all the time. Show me Tom Izzo. Who's Tom Izzo in Big Ten football? Show me Bo Ryan in Big Ten football. Show me like veteran coaches who have great established cultures and winning ways. And I know Bo Ryan just retired, but that's what Thad Mata was dealing with his whole career. Show me 
Jim but then Trestle you know, didn't have that. Who, who did Jim Trestle have? And it's have? like when you look at programs like Purdue, like Matt Painter. Like, good coach. He's a good coach. It's yeah. not like it's it doesn't go down. Well, I mean, like I mean, Tom Green. I don't know what your opinion is, but like every yeah. single, even the lower, like I mean, Chris Collins at Northwestern is a heck of a basketball coach. I know that Northwestern is Northwestern. No offense, but it's uh, he's he is widely he considered is. a an excellent basketball. The level. Coach. Would you both agree that in general, the playing field, the level of of quality teams is higher in Big Ten basketball than it is in Big Ten football? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think it's a question. So that's that's a reality that they're dealing with. And now I have a theory. Um, I have two two things I want to talk about of, of two other things I think of maybe why the people who would like to maybe see a change would want to see a change. And Bill, I'll ask you about this first. One I think is Ohio basketball recruiting. Mm. And again, by comparison, basketball suffers because Urban Meyer, Ari, if Urban Meyer wants a football player in Ohio, does he get him? Yeah, every time. It's every like, time. It's not even like it's in. It's, it's every time. Bill, without, without exaggeration, with yeah. like and Tressel got him like basically every time. I remember yeah. when Jordan Hicks was a linebacker who went to Texas, and when Trey DePriest was a linebacker who went to Alabama, they were highly rated guys. It was a huge deal to just miss on one kid. I can't one think of year. one. Uh, can you? Has Urban missed one Ohio kid that they really? Yeah, Tommy I mean, Kramer. you wrote about. I mean, you wrote about the guy who who they missed on Tommy Kramer, who's yeah. going to Notre Dame, but he's from Cincinnati. He's from Cincinnati at, a, at a Catholic, Catholic high school. Yeah. and you wrote about Why? for the festival the yeah. reasons behind that. But even that, on its surface, was a little bit of a shock, right? It was still, and Ohio State couldn't even accept it. They kept going, even right. though he was committed for six months every week. Yeah. So, Bill, in basketball. Is that the case? Does Ohio State get who they want in Ohio? No, 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 no. It's yeah. And people, I think there's a certain, there's always a certain kind of kid that Ohio State's going to get in basketball. But every so often, the state of Ohio has kids come through, like um, Luke Kennard, who went to Duke, who's a five star, one of the best players in the country. You know, I went to Duke because Duke is the Ohio State football version of college, college basketball. If that yeah. makes sense, he went to a place where he could play one year hopefully win a championship, and then go to the NBA. Ohio State basketball is not that place. It's just not going to be that kind of place. So unless you – if you want to criticize that motto for not being Duke, I don't like – Right. Well, because have like, fun banging yeah. your head against the wall. I don't but, know I, but I think like first the, guy, the two names that leap to mind, and maybe there are others, but in recent times are Luke Kennard and Carlton Bragg. Right. And Carlton Bragg went to Kansas, which is the exact same thing. And it's just like these five-star elite McDonald's All-American players – aren't always going to fall into your lap the way that Jared Sullinger did because he grew up 10 minutes from where Thad Mata was coaching. Yeah, and the thing is is that like Ohio State at its peak, the, the question is, do you think Ohio State, if everything went perfectly and Thad Mata was Mike Krzyzewski, could Ohio State ever build itself into a Duke? And it's kind of like the same discussion that we might have had in the football premier programs discussion. What would it take for Ohio State basketball to become Duke? I don't even know if they can, regardless of it. So, you know, they're like they were banging on the ceiling for a little bit, like on the fringe of like the outside of like being looking in on Kansas and Kentucky and Duke and and North Carolina and things like that. But um, even so, they still don't have or lack the perception or the level of being on a Duke playing field. And I just don't know. I don't know if there's a difference. If there's any difference between football and basketball of is there a presumption that the home state schools should be able to get you? 
Yeah. You know, I don't know. Is that? I mean, on some level, I mean, I on some on some level, I mean, I I would get that. Listen, it's an Ohio kid. You're Ohio State. You have facilities. You have a a recent tradition of winning for sure. You have sent guys to the NBA. Why can't you get? Why aren't Luke Kennard and Carlton Bragg here? You know, uh, uh, it, it, Bill, is there some? Is there some anything to that? I think you're allowed to be upset as an Ohio State basketball fan if the best player, in, best high school basketball player in Ohio, doesn't end up playing for the Buckeyes. I think that's a. I don't know if it's a fair criticism, but I guess I, I get the idea of being upset about that. But I think you need to understand everything that we were just talking about and the lore of places like Duke and Kansas. There's only so much Ohio State can do when they're recruiting a kid like that and they're trying to make itself look better against a school that Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, who are all basketball all the time, come here, play a year, win a championship, go to the NBA. Thad Mata would like, be lying if he was trying to sell that to somebody. And Ohio State's got like amazing facilities. There's no question. It's yeah, but, no, it's more. Than, yeah, if, yeah. If you've ever been to Duke before, there's this thing right side outside of their arena called the Mike Shashevsky Museum, and you walk in there, and it's almost unbelievable what he's done there and what that program is. And if you are a certain caliber of player, you are matched with a certain caliber of program from a elite standpoint. And at this point right now, regardless of what Thad Mata does, he doesn't and can't have Ohio State on Duke's level. And there are people, in my opinion, who gauge Ohio State's success on Duke's level because he had put them in the same conversation. And, and I, I will say one thing to me that Kentucky, Kansas, and Duke have in common. Um, you could throw Indiana in there too. I mean, when you talk about the great traditional powers in college basketball and also who are still powers right now, what's the most popular sport at those colleges? Basketball. What's the most popular sport at Ohio State? Football. Do you think that is that an impediment? And I know, and I, we've talked about, we've, you know, low these many years with. I've talked to Thad about all this stuff a million times, and he always says, you know, it's great. You bring basketball recruits to football games. You use the power of the football program to help bring kids here. He says all the right things. Um, I think he is fine, you know, not being the sport on mm-hmm. campus. I think, I think for him personally, I don't think he's caught up in that. But I don't know if you're a five-star kid. If you're a five-star basketball prospect, would you imagine that that – in any way plays a role in it at all that if I go to Ohio State no matter how good I am I'm still not going to be as popular as JT Barrett like that's the point like we've covered and you've covered I started covering Ohio State in 2009 so I've been here for Evan Turner and Jared Sullinger and D'Angelo Russell and as good as Ohio State was at was D'Angelo Russell last year who ended up being a top five pick in the NBA draft nearly as famous as Cardell Jones no like, think about, like, the caliber of... He's still not... D'Angelo Russell plays for the Lakers, and Cardell Jones doesn't play for anybody right now, and Cardell Jones is still more famous. So, it's just... That's kind of the the thing that you have to keep in mind. You know, it, it's just about matching you with the, what you are. And if you are an elite top five prospect, then you feel most comfortable probably in top five programs. And... That's a you know the discussion we're having is is partly in that but you know it's not like when you walk an Ohio State football recruit into the Woody it's not the same thing. Do you think Bill 
maybe putting aside the Luke Kennards and the Carlton Braggs, I know you're looking at the top Ohio basketball players. They also didn't get Asa Ahmed, who went to West Virginia. They were in on him a little bit, I think. They were interested in I him. Th- I think if degree. you want to, you could criticize that recruitment a little bit, I think. I think they got in a little late with, with Asa, but And I think they got in, and the one that stands out that, that is an ongoing thing um, is Nigel Hayes, who has turned into a basketball and pop culture star yeah. at Wisconsin. He's a really funny guy and an interesting guy uh, and a really good basketball player um, and plays in a way that you could exactly see him fitting as sort of a skilled uh, big guy fitting into the Ohio State program. Mm-hmm. His brother played football at Ohio State. Um, Ohio State, and I wrote a story about this a couple years ago and talked to his parents. I mean, they just got in really late on that recruitment and Bo Ryan laid the groundwork and, and held on and, and Ohio State, I think, Missed on that. I think mm-hmm. they could have had him if they had gotten on Nigel Hayes earlier. So again, I think you know he would have been a great Buckeye, and they missed. They they blew that, you know. But um, it's the kind of thing. I, I Ari, I don't know how much we get into it in football when you if you miss on a certain kid that you you sort of mishandle the recruitment of a kid here or there. I think in football it's easier to sort of get past Bounce it. There's back. one of 25 in a class. Right. You just get to the next guy, especially when you're Ohio State football. You miss on one five-star, you just get a four-and-a-half-star. In basketball, it's a little different. We've, because the we've, rosters are smaller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they make more they can make more of an impact. Yeah. Um, in, in basketball, everybody's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? We really, you know, when there's when they're quarterback recruiting and they sort of backed into Dwayne Haskins in this Ohio State football rec- recruiting class at quarterback – that's how it is. I mean, everybody's a quarterback in basketball. Everybody's that important. Everybody is. You got to have this guy. And so, do you think overall, looking past Carlton Bragg and Luke Kennard, the last year or two, let's say, you've written a lot about the guys they have coming in. How are they recruiting? Are they recruiting? Are they recruiting at an elite level? Or are they recruiting top of the Big Ten kind of level, middle of the Big Ten? How are they doing? I think they're recruiting at a top of the Big Ten level. It's, it's, it sounds strange just because Michigan. Michigan State's recruiting class of 2016 is ridiculous. They have two McDonald's All-Americans, and that like never happens. So compared to Michigan State, maybe it's it sounds weird to say that Ohio State's still recruiting at the top of the Big Ten. But the criticisms that that I read from people when I read basketball recruiting stories are that Ohio State doesn't recruit Ohio enough, and they pass on all these local kids that chase kids around the country, and then those local kids end up being better than the ones Ohio State gets. Well, I don't know if it is a... A change in recruiting philosophy that, that Thad Mata consciously made, but for whatever reason, the way it's shaping up is now they're recruiting Ohio kids. They have two Ohio kids committed for 2016 and Micah Potter and Derek Funderburk. They have a third committed in 2017 and Caleb Wesson. They really want to add another kid in 2017 with Markel Johnson from Cleveland. So they're bringing in these Ohio kids. So if you want to criticize them not recruiting Ohio, it doesn't really hold water right now because that's what they're bringing in. I think they're recruiting well. I think they're in a weird roster spot where there's not very many spots I'd imagine the elite of the elite don't want to come into a roster that looks the way this roster looks right now. So they're pin- they're targeting specific kids who they really like. They happen to be from Ohio right now. But I, I think uh, compared to the rest of the Big Ten, I think they're recruiting fine. I think they're doing a good enough job to keep pace in the Big Ten. They're not obviously up there in the top top five of the country with Dukes and Kansas and things like that. The programs we've talked about, but I don't. I, I think that. Overall, Thad Motter's recruiting has been pretty good, and, and looking ahead, it's still pretty good. And I think, all right, we talked about this a couple of years ago. I do think there was a time where they got caught in between. I think they got caught in an era where they were really succeeding on the court, and I think they were shooting. They shot high for some national kids and missed, 
And I think, for instance, getting in late on Nile Hayes, Nigel Hayes, was a reaction to spending some time earlier in that recruiting cycle shooting at some national guys they didn't get. And that I think ended up going where? That ended up going not. I don't yeah, know if like Tony Parker was that cycle who went to UCLA. He was also considering Duke. They were recruiting against Duke and Kansas and Kentucky and elite national. Florida even. They were on Anthony Davis. Yeah. They were in early on Anthony Davis out of Chicago when he was a guard, and then he grew seven inches and went to Kentucky and won a national title and became the number one pick in the draft. So I do think, do you agree with that? There was a time when I, I thought maybe they got out over their skis. They got a little bit A more. little bit, and it cost them locally, when actually I, th- I think a lot of their success was one or two guys here or there, but they really had some foundational Ohio kids for their best teams. Yeah, I mean, they were close, and I think what we were talking about was being at the height of their success and being at the point where they were thinking like the football program, well, this is Ohio State, we can get everybody that we want, so let's go national and recruit like we're Duke. And I think they found out the hard way that they're not Duke. Even though they had, you know, a Final Four in the previous year, I mean, at that point, and, uh, you know, had the NBA draft. I mean, they've got everything in the cell that you can sell, but there's just that one thing. You're just not that. So, um, and maybe some of the things that they missed out on in the past could have been solved by a guy like Nigel Hayes, but they missed on him because they tried other things. So maybe they're getting back to their – I mean, if you look at the biggest recruits that they've ever gotten, it's not like they pulled them from – L.A. and Florida. I mean, look at Odin and Conley were Indiana kids. Ohio or Ohio. Deshaun Thomas was was an Indiana Indiana kid. D'Angelo Russell was from Louisville, even though he went to prep school. Evan Turner was was from Chicago. Chicago. But then, you know, you run down the list of William Buford and Aaron Kraft and David Lighty and John Diebler and, and, um, you know, Jay Sean Tate and and even some recent guys uh, are Ohio kids. Mm -hmm. There's some really good Ohio kids. So, like, there's a good mixture if you can get, like, an elite prospect from, like, the Midwest. Yeah. And then get get some of those Ohio kids on the roster. They've dipped, you know, Quentin Ross was a a Mississippi kid who was at a prep school in New Jersey. I mean, he was sort of out of their range, and they got him, and he was a big recruit. And he didn't become a superstar, but he was a very very solid player for this program for a couple years. Um, I I know you – can you look – where Bill, I don't know if, if uh, every person listening to this is an expert on Ohio basketball recruit, Ohio State basketball recruiting. Mm-hmm. Tell them about the guys who are coming in next with Potter and Funderburg, where they rank in Ohio, and what kind of players. Because I know you've talked um, to both of them and seen both of them play. What what kind of guys are we talking about there, and, and how much could they help? Almost sort of immediately next year. Yeah, they're both. Well, Funderburg is a top ten Ohio guy. He's ranked number seven, and it's it's weird. Both of these guys are Ohio guys, even though they both are prep schools right now. Funderburg is in Vir, uh, Virginia. I think it's sort of Hargrave Military Academy, and then uh, Micah Potter is actually down at Mount Verde, where D'Angelo Russell went down in Florida. But they're both from Ohio, both from Northeast Ohio. Uh, Derek Funderburg is number seven in the state. Micah Potter is, I think, a low number thirteen in the state. I've watched a lot of Micah Potter over the last two and a half years. I think Micah Potter's really good. I think Micah Potter is a kid who who is something Ohio State really needs right now, who is an offensively skilled big man, who is good around the basket, can shoot jump shots, but more importantly, pass out of the post, which I think has been something that's been lacking on this team for quite some time. 
So I look at Micah Potter as a guy who can help them and is a little more polished than Derek Funderburk. And Derek Funderburk to me is all about upside. He's he's built like Kevin Durant. He is not Kevin Durant. He is physically built like Kevin Durant. He's a six foot nine guy who's probably going to be a wing player eventually. So that to me, uh, that, that just screams of having a lot of possibilities for a guy if he would built that way he could play that position if he kind of puts it all together. So he's, what you're saying is he's Kevin Durant. What I'm saying is he's going to be <laughs> Buckeyes land the next MVP. Kevin Durant. I, if I'm an Ohio State basketball fan, I am I am intrigued at the least by what they're bringing in in the 2016 recruiting class with an offensively skilled big man like Micah Potter and a guy like Derek Funderburg who has a ton of upside and is crazy athletic for a kid who's built the way that he is. Um, so I think they did a pretty good job in that regard, uh, targeting two guys who fit into the program when they have a loaded roster and they didn't go out and reach for... I don't know, some five-star kid who maybe wouldn't have fit the roster as well as these two guys do. The, the one thing in the guy, the name I'm, I'm looking on your list, you're looking at the best, uh, the highest-ranked recruits in Ohio for 2016 is V.J. King. And Ari, I think you did a story on V.J. King early on. Yeah. Early on, V.J. King, when he was at, at St. Vincent, S- yeah. Vincent St. Mary's, there were the LeBron James comparisons. Mm-hmm. And knowing what LeBron James has said, about Ohio State in the past. I think that was a connection that at least I was making early on. And then he moved, went to a different school. Yeah. Um, it seemed like that recruitment cooled, I think, on both ends for Ohio State and King. Um, is is that a guy? I mean, can we look at V.J. King and say Ohio State should have been getting V.J. King? Or I think that just, he, he's, he's committed to Louisville. He's committed to Louisville. He transferred to Paul VI down to Fairfax, Virginia. V.J. King... Um, and I've only spoken with him a few times. I've spoken with his father, Vince, a few times. He strikes me as the kind of kid who heard all of this talk about him going to Ohio State and decided, I'm not doing that. I don't know the intricacies of the recruitment and whether things just sort of fell apart, but he strikes me very much as the kid who's been compared to LeBron since he got to Akron and the kid who's been told he's going to go to Ohio State since he got to Akron and kind of wanted to do his own thing. And that own thing led to him transferring to a high school in Virginia, and now he's going to Louisville. So I, I, I guess if you want to levy some criticism on Ohio State for not getting a kid like V.J. King, go ahead. But to me, I, I think it was more of V.J. King kind of wanting to do his own thing more than it was Ohio State not being good enough to get V.J. King. And I, I'm going to move on to my other – I just realized I have another theory. So three theories of, of why maybe people are down – the perception of Ohio State basketball might be down. One is recruiting of Ohio kids. This is a quick one, I think, but this, is, again, is a difference between Ohio State basketball and Ohio State football. Who is the best college football team in Ohio every year since a football was invented, basically? It's Ohio State. Ohio State basketball is what right this second in college basketball in Ohio? Fourth? Behind Cincinnati? I, so Xavier is a top five team, is it not? Yeah, Dayton's really good. And Dayton is ranked what? Dayton has been a program on the rise, and and it certainly did not help Ohio State's Dayton cause. That's two years five right now. That, I don't know what they're ranked. Dayton two years 15. ago, we could ask Bill Rabinowitz, and he would tell us where Dayton is ranked. Twenty one and three, ranked fifteenth in the country. So you have two Ohio teams ranked in the top twenty. One of those teams beat Ohio State in the tournament. Yeah. Two years ago, and knocked Ohio State out in the first round. Um, and then Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a, is a very is a solid football program. Uh, Cincinnati is a, a better basketball program than it is a football program. 
Um, yeah, they're 19, 19 and seven receiving votes in the AP poll. Okay, so so where so Ohio State's at no better than third, very well, maybe fourth, mm. which is impossible in football. Impossible in football, and that's one of the great advantages Ohio has is that it, it, it's not Michigan and Michigan State here. It's not Indiana and Purdue. It's it's just Ohio State. Um, no offense to any other, you know, no offense to the MAC, no offense to Cincinnati, but we're talking. It's real talk here. Hashtag real talk here at cleveland.com slash LSU. Doug Maurice, Bill Landis, and Ari Wasserman. Um, I think that contributes a little bit to it because you can say, well, why? Here, look, 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 look. Right down I-70 over here, I can point to a school an hour away and a school two hours away that are in the same state that are better than Ohio State. Don't, don't you think that has some sort of influence or even the idea of – if you're an Ohio State fan, you might have a friend who's a Xavier fan who's giving you a lot of crap right now because Xavier's better than Ohio State. Yeah, I think that's a real thing. I think there's real competition. from, And it goes back to the thing we're talking about where Xavier and Dayton especially, and I know they're small schools, but those are schools that are very, very, very basketball-centric. All they care about is the basketball basketball program. Cincinnati's not as nuts because they have a decent football program, like you said, but I think the combination of a school that's crazy about basketball that has uh, – both Xavier and Dayton have good basketball traditions. I think they are a legitimate concern for Ohio State. I think that's. I, I don't think it, Ohio State is a, is above having to battle against those kind of programs. They're just good basketball programs. And by the way, those programs are all branch off the Thad Mata tree. True. Because <laughs> the head coach at Dayton is Archie Miller, who is a former Ohio State assistant and the younger brother of Sean Miller. Uh, who was Thad Mata's assistant at Xavier. When Thad was the head coach there before he came to Ohio State, Sean Miller then took over at Xavier. Um, And when Sean Miller left for Arizona, Chris Mack took over at Xavier, who was an assistant for Sean Miller. So these guys all, you know, Thad sort of helped grow in a way these programs that are now ranked higher in the AP poll in Ohio um, than Ohio State is. Uh, So we'll get back to those names in a second. But my, I want to go on to my third theory. So first theory is people wonder about the recruitment of Ohio kids. Second theory is there are other good basketball programs in Ohio that you can compare Ohio State to. And Ohio State at the moment is, is not matching up in those comparisons. And the third thing is I don't think Ohio State fans liked last year's team. And I'm not trying to blame anybody here, but I think there was a this group of seniors last year never quite lived up to the potential that they had as a highly rated recruiting class. Um, and I'm speaking specifically of Sam Thompson, Shannon Scott, Amir Williams, and Trey McDonald. That group, when they were juniors, had Aaron Kraft as a senior, and that team where Kraft was trying to be a scorer and he wasn't really a scorer, and they were leaning on those groups, those guys as juniors more, and they were trying to play Kraft and Scott together in the backcourt, and they ne- – Ari, you covered that team. Yeah. They never meshed, and that's the team that finished, I think, fifth in the Big Ten and lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and people didn't love that team. Do you think that's a fair statement? That's a fair statement, but it carried over. And then the next yeah. year, Kraft left. People loved Aaron Kraft for the most part. Kraft left, and um, Bill Livingston's calling me in the middle of the podcast. So I'll call him <laughs> later. And 
Kraft left, and they basically replaced Kraft with D'Angelo Russell and had that same core group back, this time as seniors. And again, that group with D'Angelo Russell as a freshman who was running the show and doing everything, they never quite meshed. They finished sixth in the Big Ten, and they lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And I don't think people love that team. So I think there are two, they're coming off two years where they finished in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten, made the NCAA tournament, but people didn't like watching that those teams very much. And now they have a whole new group. And I think it's daunting to feel there's no superstar. And I think people are worried that this young group that is growing together might end up like that last group that worked its way through. And if this group, when Kata Bates Diop and uh, Jay Sean Tate and these guys are seniors, if they wind up like Shannon Scott, Sam Thompson, and Amir Williams, people will not be happy. And I think that's underlying what's happening here. As I wrote a big story about their building for the future, I think there's less certainty about the future because people saw how the last future turned out, and it turned out those guys never were quite as good as people thought, and I think that that uncertainty is contributing to, man, what are we in for? And now we're going to, I don't know how far we're in, but our, like Doug needed to take a deep breath, but I think that kind of helps me veer into the point that I want to make, and that's the idea that I think fans right now were coming off of two years that didn't really meet their expectations, and now they're coming into this season understanding that, hey, this team needs a few years before it might be very good. Now there's a chance it might be very good in a few years and things will work out. There's a chance that maybe they're just a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team for the next three years. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know if that time will tell. Yeah, that's (laughs) Doug's favorite thing in the world. Um, And, you know... Which is why I think it's interesting that people want that gone. At, or the select few, or if you're one of them or whatever, it's the fact that Ohio State always, for the previous 10 years, had an interesting superstar on their team, from Mike Conley to Greg Oden, all the way up to D'Angelo Russell two years ago. Or last year, sorry. So it, And that created some sort of standard of excitement and expectation that Ohio State's going to be a deep, running team in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, he's being judged against the foundation of the program that he built for himself, which was knocking on the door of being right next in line of Duke. So it's kind of like this is maybe the the real world of what it's like to be an Ohio State basketball coach, having to build a team and having to do things the way that everybody else has had to do it because he hasn't have a superstar. But it's just that's kind of the way it's, it's going to be. And... Um, I don't know if this is what I'm saying makes sense. The fact that he's being judged based on what he built already and the fact that Ohio State's basketball program, nobody cared about them 15 So we're in the ago. defense part now? I mean, we're in the we're 40 in the minutes part. The, I mean, I'm just saying, like, did anybody in the 90s care about Ohio State basketball? Thad built Thad's success early in his career at Ohio State set a new standard that had not existed consistently for Ohio State basketball, at least not since the 60s. And now I think in many ways he's being judged against the own standard that he set, not what traditionally has been the case at Ohio State. My question for you is, Bill, do you think people like this team? This current team that's playing right now? Uh, I do. I think for the most part, yeah. I think people find this team interesting. There are that small, like I said, we don't know how large this sect of group, this sect of fans is, but I get a lot of feedback, whether it's comments, Twitter, whatever. I think there are players on this team that intrigue people. 
Uh, I think the idea of Jaquan Lyle, I think everyone knows he can be immensely talented if he sort of gets it all together in his head and he sort of takes days off. I think people are intrigued slash scared that he may never figure it out, but when he does, he can be really good. Kata Bates Diop, I think people look at him and see a potential NBA guy if he can just sort of stay aggressive and, and show that he is the most dominant player on the floor, which he can be some nights. Some nights he just chooses not to be. I don't know what it is. I think there are pieces to this team more so than there were the last two years. The last two years were guys who were sort of established and you waited for them to come along and they never really did. I think these guys now are young enough where there's still that hope that they're going to get better because they're so young that people are still into this team and, and like them or intrigued by them and then want to see them grow as, as players. Okay, so before we get into the, the big defense here at the end, could Ohio State do better? If Thad Mata decided he was going to retire at the end of this season, who could Ohio State get to be its next coach? Could Ohio State do better than a guy who has gone to two Final Fours, has won five Big Ten regular season titles, uh, has the best winning percentage in Ohio State history? Who would it be? Mike Shish. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Phil Jackson. Yeah, Phil Jackson. He was here last year. He's never coming back because I got him fined by the NBA. I don't. I don't know who that guy is. I have no idea. Unless there's some unknown guy who's like there's a Tom Izzo floating out there who's going to come to Ohio State, coach for thirty years, and inexplicably make a a dormant basketball not dormant post basketball program, but an otherwise um, non basketball power into the one of the best programs in the country. Show me that guy. And I'll say, okay, yeah, bring him in. Other than that, I don't know who's out there. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what move would be in uh, improving on, on what Ohio State has right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that. I mean, I, it's not possible they could go find a young gun the way he was 12 years ago. Yeah, I just have, I mean, I think there's a foundation set here where they wouldn't have to start from where that started at the beginning. Yeah, that's good. So um, that, I think, in itself kind of gives um, the next fake coach a chance but like you said, who's it going to be? It's not like Rick Pitino's coming up. Um, you don't want Rick Pitino, man. You don't want Rick yeah. Pitino. Yeah. Guy who's won more championships than I can even care to remember. But yeah. you he's, know what? I, he's also has he's, more he's got relations problems. in <laughs> restaurant bathrooms than yeah. you can care to remember. Hey, 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 hey. That's that's fact. That's it's fact. Right? That's not. That's no, not I, me. I, guessing. I, well, I, I don't mean. I don't know what you've done in there. All right, I'm going to move on. <laughs> All right, we're on. We're on, we'll move on to the defense part because because Ari made the point early. We don't just want to sit here for forty five minutes and say Thad Mata's a good coach. We would kind of wanted to. Have we're a, not defending a him. It's not our job to defend that. him. It's our job, I think, to give you what is real in our heads. Like we're right. not. We don't have a reason. No, we don't have to a horse in the fight. No. or defend Thad. It's just facts based on covering college basketball that we're... So we'll just trot out a few facts. Um, in in Thadmon, again, he's been here 11 full seasons. This is his 12th season. In that time, and this is accounting for some ties for regular season titles, but regular season titles in Big Ten play, uh, since Thadmon has been the coach, Ohio State has five. Michigan State has three. Wisconsin and Michigan each have two. And a couple teams have one. So, um, and that's against... That that team with three is a Hall of Fame coach, honestly one of the great coaches of all time in college basketball history, and Tom Izzo. Uh, and the one with one of them with two is Bo Ryan, who what he did at Wisconsin was spectacular. Um, both those coaches have had uh, 
probably more success in the Big Ten in the in the NCAA tournament. You know, Bo, I made it like basically every year uh, somehow. And Tom Izzo's run of uh, postseason success with his Final Fours, everybody knows about that. Um, but I will say, Ohio State has been to seven straight Big Ten turn. Uh, excuse me. Ohio State's been to seven straight NCAA tournaments. That's the seventh longest streak in the country. So if you think that you know there are these programs that are going to the tournament every year, there's only six who have gone for more times in a row than Ohio State. Yeah. And I think the two at the top of that list are Duke and Kansas, who have gone for like 20 straight years. And again, we're, they're not Duke or Kansas. But they're right there with basically everybody else. So, um, you know, he, he has... He has a record that stacks up to anybody in the Big Ten um, during his time here. That includes Michigan State and Tom Izzo. Um, and I think Ohio State is firmly in that whatever that second tier is of college basketball that's under... Nationally. Nationally. Yeah. Nationally. That's under the elite of the elite. And I th- the thing is, maybe, maybe Michigan State's in that top tier with what Izzo has done. Um, but if that top tier, year in and year out, is Duke... Kansas, Kentucky. I mean, even North Carolina has had has had downturns. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't know that North Carolina is anything more than what Ohio State is. I mean, North Carolina has won some national titles, um, so maybe North Carolina is up there. But they they've been down yeah. a little bit. Um, but again, the, that top five, six, no more than eight teams, I would say. And then I think Ohio State's in the next group. Yes? No? I yeah, think definitely in the next yeah, group. I think yeah, that's, yeah, and that's the standard. So do you want? And if they're in the next group. By firing Thad and hiring somebody else, is your idea in your head that they're going to penetrate the top group? And is that even possible? I don't know. Is it? I don't know if it's possible. I certainly don't think that a coach is... I don't think, I don't think there's any coach in the country who would come in here and make Ohio State automatically one of the top so, six to eight basketball programs in the country. And, 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 and so then what's what are we talking about then when you say fire Thad? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right? So, like, what is it that you're in your mind? I don't know if you're what a it is fire that you want. person, we would love to hear it in the comments, please. Yes, I mean, we're honestly interested because, again, as we've tried to lay out, I think we maybe understand sort of the street that you're coming down, but I think we still need some directions about like where you think you're headed because yeah. I, I, I don't know what you hope to attain or what you think is out there that they are falling short. Of. And, I, and, I, and I'm not the thing that I I don't know how to say this the right way. But I do think that there is also a thing of how much people care about this basketball team. And I don't know if you guys want to share what you think, but I think the interest level for the basketball team that already exists is probably lower than it should, being in that second tier. So when you start talking about hiring a new coach, and the program has to warrant it too. And the coverage of the program and the people who care about it. And when you think about basketball first programs... Excuse me. The fan bases. No, the fan bases support the team, and I'm not necessarily sure that Ohio State's fan base is as into the program as they should be. Which is which is fine. I mean, you earn it. You know, I mean, when they've won, when they were winning more, the stands were more packed than they are now, and when they there was more basketball talk when you know they were in the Final Four than there is this year. Um, But yeah, I mean, again, you. Ohio State. If Ohio State was having this kind of season, if Ohio State was eight, you know, is is seven and three in football, I don't think Ohio State yeah. is going to be 
a third empty. No. You know. And people won't be calling for Urban Meyer's job. Yeah. So um, so that's our basketball discussion. We wanted to talk about something that's a little broader than just uh, they're going to win their next game. Um, but, um, you know, I think, it's, I think it's an interesting time. And, again, you know, if it continues like this, you know, I mean, again, they finished, I think, fifth and sixth in the Big Ten the last two years. Say they finish fifth or sixth this year. Could. If they finish fifth or sixth in the Big Ten for six straight years, then we'll have a conversation. I think the conversation might be different, you know. Yeah, um, it's too soon at least for what's but, already been happening. But I also think that uh, you have to remember um, the context of who you are, the context of who you're going against, um, and and kind of live in the real world, you know. And uh, I think that's a world that for Ohio State basketball um, is, is pretty – Going pretty well with Thad Mata. So for Ari Wasserman and Bill Landis, I'm Doug Maurice. Thanks for listening to a basketball edition of the Bad Podcast. Again, you can find all our coverage for Ohio State football and basketball at cleveland.com slash OSU. So for now, thanks for listening to the Bad Podcast.